Welcome back to TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong. We are back. A lot of good, interesting games this week, this past weekend, college football. You know, very, very competitive over all the Mountaineers. Well, they were in a dogfight until the lightning storm. However, we had Alabama versus Texas, and both of us were wrong in our predictions there. Texas beating Alabama 34-24. Texas looks like a very, very competitive team. Could be a top-four team going into the college football playoff at the end of the year. Talked about Colorado-Nebraska, and I know Colorado won 36-14, but I did like Nebraska's play style. I did like seeing Matt Rule out there. I don't think their quarterback's very good. He causes too many turnovers for the team. He has one of the most highest turnovers in the Big Ten. So I think they're just rolling with him because he's probably the most experienced guy they have, and we'll see what Matt Rule can come in the future, but good win for Colorado to move up. Old Miss and Tulane, I know that was a highlight game. We didn't talk about it, but it was a highlight game people talked about this past weekend, and Old Miss took care of business. Miami and Texas A&M, we didn't talk about this game neither, and Miami rolled over Texas A&M 48-33. Miami looking dominant, and they look like they got something to say about Florida State and UNC being the top of the ACC, in my opinion, Matt. Now, one we did talk about, was North Carolina and App State. What a game. Went to double overtime, 40-34. UNC barely made it out of this game. The highlight of this game, though, was there was not Drake May. Drake May played an okay game, but Hampton, the running back, 26 carries, three, 234 yards and three touchdowns, completely dominated the game. And App State, their quarterback, had over 275 yards passing. Their running back had 127 yards running and two touchdowns. And Davis, their best receiver, had 117 yards receiving for one touchdown. So App State shows up. I told you guys, for some reason in ranked games, App State is there to play. Matt, I know we talked about that game. What was your overall thoughts, you know, watching and seeing how close it was? When App State's playing a ranked team, like we said last week, you cannot count them out. I'm telling you, App State does look good this year. But I don't understand how every time they play a ranked opponent, they come to the show. I mean, this double overtime was absolutely wild. I just never would have thought this five years ago at App State. Never. No. I mean, but like App State, I don't know why, but every time they play like an ACC opponent, they're always in the dogfight. I don't know why. They're always there. They always come to play. They always come to shock the world. That's what they're best at. And truthfully, to be honest with you, I think App State should be in a Power 5 conference. I really do. I mean, I think they are good enough as a university, as a program, to be a ACC-level opponent, to be in there. Because I'm not being mean, but outside of Duke beating Clemson in the ACC, when is Duke outside – okay, outside of beating Clemson in football and their basketball team, outside of those two things, what are they really competitive in? I mean, really, no. like, no. so App State deserves to be there, in my opinion. It brings a little bit more competition to the ACC. I think it would be great for them as a program. And I kind of like seeing these smaller schools on their way up. Some of them really deserve it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to talk about the, the Kane game, me and Matt. Uh, I think everybody kind of gets the gist of what happened. The Mountaineers got saved by a lightning storm. They brought the air raid, finally. 
took them long enough, but they brought their raid, and they they dominated Duquesne. Small school, small private school from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But this week is Pitt Week. This is a big week for the West Virginia Mountaineers. At home in Morgantown, they lost at Akersher Stadium last year. First time, backyard brawl. It's going to be... Gonna be a showdown, Matt. What is your expectations, man? I don't have any expectations out of the Mountaineers because Neil Brown is our head coach. I cannot stress that enough. I would absolutely love to see the Mountaineers beat Pitt at home, but the faith I have in that, few and far between. Neil Brown, I don't know, Cam. I mean, he let Garrett Green throw the ball against Duquesne. Garrett Green got vertical with the ball, and he was scoring touchdowns. I mean, it wasn't the short little in-screen, the flat passes. I mean, they were down-the-field passes, and that was that was something I did not expect Neil Brown to even call. But, I don't know. It's going to be hard to say the Mountaineers and Pitt. I, I hate Pitt, but... I'm going to say something that is going to be crucial. Could be kind of mean. Could be considered mean in some ways, but here we go. This is it for me. This is the this is the breaker right here. This should be the breaker for every Mountaineer fan, though, Cam. It really should. It should be the breaker for the university to step in and say something. To me, West Virginia... They can't lose a competitive game. As far as I'm concerned, they can't lose at all. This is a must-win on his career right here. This is a must-win. To keep your job, you have to beat the rival, especially the way we played last year, you know, almost beating Pitt in Akersher Stadium. Really, you, you really have to go in here and beat this. And here's the problem. We came out here last week, and we talked about the air raid. And we talked about what we saw against Penn State. That team that played Penn State is not beating Pitt. No. There's no way on this planet that they are going to beat Pitt by running the football. And here's the other issue. See, now he's shown everybody that West Virginia has some sort of air raid. They, ha- they can throw the ball down the field. It's time for the air raid and the running game to go together. Bring it all. Bring it all together, Neil. To me, this is your job on the line right here. If you lose to Pitt, I really don't know how you keep your job to me. You have two. You, you, we play a lot of teams this year. You know, we play most of the Big 12, but there are two teams to me that are considerably the most important of his career. This is, the, this is week one right here. This is his first important game of the season right here. And I think this is the very most important game. Because the other game is more of a, you know, talker, talk rumor type game. It, like, it's a discussion, but it's not one that you would lose your job completely over. The fact of the matter is, this game is one you can lose your job over. This is one that the Mountaineer fans are dying for. This is what we're coming to Morgantown for as fans to watch this game and to watch the West Virginia Mountaineers take down their rival. It's time to bring the air raid. 
I'm tired of saying it. I'm tired of getting on here and talking every single week about what the Mountaineers need to do or, you know, why won't they throw the ball or what is going on all the time or, you know what, how about this? How about I'm tired of being da- – I'm too damn disappointed every single season since Dana Holgerson was fired. Agreed. I am sick of it. I really am. I've been calling it since day one. This guy is not made for the Big 12. And guess what? I've never, ever said that – never, ever have I ever said that Neil Brown could not coach a football team. I've never said that. I just don't see him coaching this team. And I said, when they fired Dana Holgerson, you made a mistake. When you hired Neil Brown, you made a mistake. You brought a guy in from Troy. They run the football. They run the football. They're playing teams like Navy. I'll give Navy a little bit of credit this season. They are throwing the football a little bit more. I'll give them that type of credit. They changed up their normal style of play. But it's been decades since Navy has really done something like that. Since Navy and Army have changed up their style of play. It has been decades. We are five years into your tenure. And we're seeing the same consistent stuff. We hired an offensive coordinator last year who would take control of the air raid, who would take control of the passing part of the game while you could keep your running part. We thought that would work. It's not worked because now he's gone. I'm so tired of getting up here and talking about how disappointed I am in the Mountaineers all the time. It's the same thing every Saturday, every season. And it gets old. Neil Brown is a great football coach. He's a great coach. But he is not a fit in the Big 12. And he is definitely not a fit in Morgantown. And I've said that from the day they hired him. He's not going to be a good fit in Morgantown. Last year I tried to give him a little bit benefit of the doubt. Based off the fact that we hired Grant as the offensive coordinator. What happened to Grant and Neil taking over the offense again when he was hired and brought in to do that? And by the way, Grant, guess who he, where he learned all his offense from? Oh, yeah, the guy we fired. The guy we walk out the door and go to Houston, that's where he learned every bit of his offense, you know, coaching offense from. It was from Dana Holgerson. Now, why would you hire a guy who learned everything from him and just not keep the guy that, you know, taught him everything he knows. Dana Holgerson is built for the Big 12. His offense is built for the Big 12. It always has been. He's been coaching in the Big 12 for many, many, many years. It's been a long time. I'm I'm trying not to I'm not I'm trying not to dwell on it, but I'm trying not You can't I, not. I, I don't want to be disappointed anymore and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it for the fans. I really am. The whole university is tired of the Mountaineers should be this, but they're not. We were once a team that could win eight to ten games every single season or you know, maybe have one bad year due to injury or something like that. Now we're a team that is just praying that we can get seven wins in a season. Yeah, right here. The Mountaineer fan base is damn near cut down the middle. I mean, split down the middle with this argument, however you want to put it. And it's going to piss some people off. But Rich Rod, if Rich Rodriguez was here now, even with the players we have, I think we'd be in a better place than we are with Neil Brown. Bottom line. Because he's he's a Morgan County alumni. 
Hey, I don't care what anybody says. He loves the Mountaineers. He loves WVU football. He does. But the, half the half the Mountaineer fan base can't stand the man, and half of them would love to see him come back. Because half of the fan base doesn't understand why, why he, he left. left. That you don't understand. Listen, I'm going to tell you. Whoever can coach offense and win eight games is better than this. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take whatever I can get. If you know what, if they said we're going to hire Rich Rod back today, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. Say, you, can fi- you can fire Neil Brown tomorrow. You can fire him in the halftime of the pit game and tell me that Rich Rod will be coaching a Texas Tech game and I'll be happy enough. I'll be, be great. He, yes, this, it is terrible to say that. It really is. It is terrible in the fact that you know, Neil Brown knows how to, how to coach football. He does. But and how it, much longer do we have to give this guy, Cam? You know what I mean? How much longer? How much more time do we have to give Neil Brown to prove it's not working out? I hate losing football games. I mean, I am a die-hard Mountaineer fan. Everybody that knows me knows that. I love the Mountaineers, but I cannot stand Neil Brown at all. Almost as much as I hate Pitt. He's up there in that little bitty cloud of a bubble. He's just not a fit in Morgantown. And I hate because he's a good coach, but he's not a fit in Morgantown. So you talk about how much longer can we put up with this, right? For me, I'd have told you to get rid of him in the beginning of last year. I agree. I, I, I'd have told you that already. I, I've been preaching that since... I, I gave him two. I gave him three years, you know, and everybody did this. Trust the climb. Trust the climb. There wasn't no climb. We never started. There wasn't a climb. He all forgot he, the ladder in the shed. All, the ladder is still in the shed. All he did was recruit guys who don't play in the Big Twelve. That's all he did. Guys who aren't built to play in the Big Twelve. Not being me. Listen, Garrett Green. I'm glad he. Uh, you know, I'm glad that they proved to the world he can throw the football. I mean, that's that is something that Neil Brown had to prove. You know, Garrett Green's taking a lot of heat for something he probably doesn't deserve. But again, he proved it against the Canes. Yeah, right, but he he proved it. But I'm going to tell you something. Garrett Green can run the ball well. Garrett Green can, you know, pass kind of efficiently. But Garrett Green is, is not that great of a quarterback. I mean, I, let, let's let's be straight up. Neil Brown's not the biggest fan of Garrett Green. Everybody, everybody and their brother knew that. The only reason JT Daniels... You know, isn't in Morgantown now or played poorly at the end of last season is because he was running some offense he wasn't very good at and he lost all of his confidence. Anybody paying attention to Rice, anybody paying attention to how JT Daniels is doing at Rice, uh, he's playing efficiently well. Yeah. He's playing good. And so, Garrett Green, while he can, you know, he's mobile and he can throw the ball, he's not that great. He's not Pat White. He's not Pat White. He's not Will Greer. He's not Geno Smith. He's not these guys who. We have had in the past who are ultra talented quarterbacks, and they know how to play football. Like it's Skyler, right. Skyler Howard was Skyler Howard. I would have said wasn't the greatest quarterback, but I'd have taken Skyler Howard over Garrett Greenham. Just my opinion. Hands down. I mean, that is my opinion. There's multiple quarterbacks in the Dana Holgerson area that I would have taken over Garrett Green, and I'm not saying Garrett Green's not a you know he's he's probably a good person. And, you know, he, he can play football. I don't think he's in the right position. I think he'd be a great slot receiver, dude, with his speed and his size. I think that would yes. be a perfect position for him. 
just because he knows how to do it and he knows how to run the football. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare it to like a story here from 2018, last time we seen Dana Holgerson. David Sills was a quarterback out of high school. He was a quarterback coming to West Virginia. He left West Virginia because Dana Holgerson said, you are not going to play quarterback on this football team. You are going to, if you want to play anything, you'll play receiver. David Sills leaves, goes to a small school, has no success playing quarterback, comes back to West Virginia and becomes a receiver, and he became a hell of a good one. He was one of the best receivers he had that year. And, and he, was. he was incredible. Him and Gary Jennings were a dynamic duo with Will Greer. I mean, it was just a great – it was a great trio and a great pair they all had together. So Garrett Green, in my opinion, is probably a good slot receiver. I mean, really, if I, if I could compare Garrett Green's size and probably his ability to anybody, it would probably be like a Hunter Renfro that played at Clemson. Now he plays at the Raiders or like a smaller version of Julian Edelman. Somebody like that. That's yeah. who I see. I mean, that's really what I see. Just based, Garrett Green's got so much speed. He really does. I mean, he's a really fast dude, but he he's, got, he's in the he, wrong position. I mean, he can't play running back because Donaldson's proved that he's a Donaldson's a great running back. He I mean, is. he he really is. He's a tight end who's playing running back. So Garrett Green, if you put him on the outside, listen, Garrett Green could probably beat a lot of cornerbacks down yeah. the field. I mean, he probably could run it straight down and beat a lot of dudes down the field. He's just that fast of a guy. And to see him playing a position that I'm not saying that he couldn't play, but I don't think is necessarily the right position for him, I, I think is wrong. All right, Cam. What do you what are you gonna call this game at point wise? Uh well, based on the fact that last week Pitt played Cincinnati and it was honestly a more competitive game than I thought it would be. Uh twenty seven to twenty one, Cincinnati won that game. And West Virginia, you know, played poorly against Penn State. But in some ways, like I said, it was also because Penn State's very all-talented, but West Virginia could have played better. There's there's lots of things going around in that game. Pitt is not very good against the run. They're actually horrible against the run because if you watch the Cincinnati game, that kind of had 20 carries for 153 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he just dominated the run against them. Pitt is pretty good at throwing the ball in the air. They're not so much a running team, and their defense is not so good against the run. So I really, as much as I hate to say it, I could see C.J. Donaldson Jr. running the ball a bunch this weekend. I really can see that. But um, my final score, because it is a rival game and is a home game for the Mountaineers, and we all know the the Pitt-West Virginia rival, right? Close, always close game. Kind of like a Steelers and Ravens game, really. I mean, going to be a defensive type of showdown, in my opinion. Final score of game, based on heart, and I, the only heart for this prediction, and this will be the only time during the season I will make a heart prediction, uh, 17-14 Mountaineers. Okay, I can, I can deal with that. I was going to go 9-13. And the only reason I say 17-14 is I think C.J. Donaldson Jr. is going to get a bunch of yards. I, I, I think he's will. going to run it down their throat. I mean, that's really what's going to happen. I just can see that. And, you know, people would predict a higher score, especially for this football game. But because it's a rival game, intensity is different. Intensity in a game is a lot different for rival games. It is, yeah. Like it, that, that plays a real factor into teams. So, like I said, 
for the NFL, for example. It'd be like a Eagles, Cowboys, Steelers, Ravens. Really, I mean, they're they're closer games than what they should. I mean, the alter the talent the two teams normally have different amounts of talent on them, and they shouldn't be as close as they normally are. But, but rivalry games are always like that. They will always be like that. So because you know we went to Acushur last year and the score was higher, but I think we had a more talented receiving core with a quarterback, and now it's coming to back to Morgantown this year, and I think both teams are not as good as where they were last year. I don't think they're on the same caliber. I think West Virginia and Pitt were better last year than they were this year than they are this year. But um I would pick, you know, I'm gonna pick that small score line. I could be wrong, could score a lot more points. But I think because of the intensity of it being in Morgantown, West Virginia, with, you know, all this emotion and pressure on the line for both teams, I think it's a smaller scoreline than what people think it's going to be. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a low-scoring game, and it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the wire. It, it really is. Be. it come down to the wire. But I hope you guys enjoy the Pitt-West Virginia game. That will be at 7.30 on ABC Saturday night. So we were going to talk a little bit about a couple more college football games, but because it is a whole week of unranked, it's a whole week of – teams that just playing teams you know Tennessee and Florida are going to play this weekend but I expect Milton and Tennessee to win Colorado Colorado State Colorado is going to blow Colorado State off the planet (laughs) not being mean but Colorado's talent is so much better than Colorado State it's not even close but we are going to now you know talk NFL week two saw a lot of things from week one obviously my Steelers losing 37 how about them Cowboys Cam but uh, I mean the Cowboys uh, blew out the Giants, forty to nothing. You know that defense is real. But I think we both kind of highlighted a little bit last week how good Dan Quinn's defense is, and you know this guy really can coach the defensive rock. Micah Parsons is a complete stud. I mean, always getting in there and battling out. And I wouldn't really be surprised if he won. If he won Defensive Player of the Year, I know he's going to be in battle with guys like Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa. Those guys are always going. Those guys will be in the conversation with him, but yeah. Micah Parsons is he is He's that guy. Star. He is that guy, and I love the addition of Stephon Gilmore on the other side with Diggs. Yes. I think that that little bit of combination. I don't think Gilmore is as athletic as he was, but I think his experience as a champion and also knowing what he's you know kind of mastering that position really, and being as good as he's always been is going to be something the Cowboys are going to have to look in the future. For. That defense is that defense is going to ride them the whole way. Um, some disappointments with the Cowboys. Honestly, I had I had a little bit. I don't understand how are they dragging a backup runner from like the practice squad and Dow off there and taking Pollard's touches. I don't like how they're doing that. I don't understand why Pollard only got fourteen carries against the Giants. I think he should have gotten more. Yeah. I was expecting eighteen to twenty at least. I don't know why other guys like Turpin and Deuce Vaughn and these guys. Hold I mean, on, Deuce Vaughn. Let's go back at Deuce Vaughn. Five foot four, five foot five. For a little man, he's got some legs on him. Yeah, I mean, Deuce Vaughn can run, but I don't think Deuce, like, especially putting him in on goal line situations, I don't understand I why that. you're doing that. Deuce no, Vaughn doesn't need to be on goal line situations. Um, from Dak Prescott, I'd have liked to see them throw the ball a little bit more. I know there was a defensive matchup. The defense really just showed down for the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. But I, you know, they got CeeDee Lamb involved, but Brandon Cooks had been nice to see a little bit more of him out there. 
I'm, I'm glad Pollard is finally taking that position. I like this Jake Ferguson, the tight end. I think yeah. he's going to be ultra-talented. I do think he made some drops the other night that shouldn't have happened. But yeah, there was something he should have. I mean, they were in his chat. He should have dropped them. But this, the whole story, honestly, of this Giants-Cowboys game is the Cowboys defense. Yeah. I mean, they just showed up and showed out. They played the best of their ability. and They started the game with a field goal block for a touchdown. I mean, that right there is set they, the president of the game. They popped Saquon. Yep. They popped the ball out of Saquon's hands for another touchdown, for an interception touchdown. I do think, however, the Giants are still going to be a competitive team. I just, I honestly, I think the Cowboys' defense just overwhelmed them completely, and yeah. the Cowboys were there to prove something. They were there to prove something that day, and I think the Giants will still be a good competitive team in the NFC. I just think, you know, for that day. Yeah, but you got to think that division. I mean, you're, that's the NFC East. You got the Cowboys. You got the Eagles, and the Commanders and the Giants. It's. I mean, the Commanders are on the rise. That's that's gonna I, be a hard conference, and I honestly think it, it, the Giants are the worst team in that division. I, you know. I, I don't know so much about that because I still think the Giants have a good enough defense to, you know, hold teams like Sam Howell and the Commanders. I really yeah. like Sam Howell's still got a lot to learn. And Eric Bieniemy there now being the offensive coordinator. How but they had a good weekend. They beat the Cardinals. I mean yeah. Sam Howell's first, you know, outside of playing this Cowboys last year, his second start, I mean, looked really good. So that was, you know, good for the Cowboys. My Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Let's face the realities here for a second. Matt Canada's offense was poor to none. I mean, it was awful. Like, Kenny Pickett, the first half of the football game, it, it was terrible. I mean, like, he had, like, nine yards and, like, a pick. And we get to, our, the, we get to the second quarter, and the two-minute warning comes down. And somehow the Steelers are driving the football down the field on the best defense or possibly one of the best defenses in the nation. And we are playing a completely different style of offense than two-minute warning. I don't understand why Matt Canada just doesn't play the same style of offense the entire football game, but it it makes no sense to me. Was I disappointed in in our play? Of course I was, but the defense was on the field way too much. You know, they were dealing with Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Really, I mean, like, it was a hefty offense they were going, but they were on the field way too much. They didn't have a good offense. The Steelers had a good offense. But the Steelers were, you know, Kenny Pickett threw some picks. Like Big Ben Roethlisberger talked about it on his podcast. He said Kenny Pickett was off. Like he really has – Kenny Pickett has not been off in a long time, and he had an off day. I mean, he still threw for 232 yards. He had two picks. So one pick was completely – uh, obvious, like it, it was. There was no reason for him to throw the ball the where he did. But as you could see during the game, he was behind on passes. You know, they overall they just didn't have a good game. They didn't have a good day. They didn't have a tempo. It was. They were out of the game as soon as Brandon Ayuk really took over. I mean, he was the, the guy was absolutely incredible. 129 yards and two touchdowns. Overall. The Steelers have to be able to compete with teams like the 49ers if they ever want to win a Super Bowl, but uh, it is what it is at the end of the day. You know, I expect the Steelers will have a better week against the Browns this week. It's a division it's a division rival team. I expect a better game this week, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, 
it, all, what it showed to me is is that Brock Purdy's showing the world, you know, how much his worth is. I mean, that's really like he's telling everybody, you know, if we if I played in that NFC Championship game, we're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean that that we uh, we're in the Super Bowl. We're there. So that's what they're proving, and you know, obviously the Forty ers are out to prove something this year. So we're coming into week two, you know, after talking about our teams. And there are some competitive matchups this weekend, so we will highlight the Cowboys. They play the Jets this upcoming weekend. Uh, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. You know, I really wanted to see him in the Jets uniform this year. I really wanted to see them play. I think they had an ultra-talented offense and an ultra-talented defense, and all they needed was him. They just needed him to be there. And, you know, to end his career as a Jet for right now and his first four games against the Bills is awful. I mean, that's not the way nobody, nobody wanted to see that. I honestly figured... Aaron Rodgers was going to get hurt. I, I figured he'd get hurt, but yeah. I didn't think it was four plays in. I, I no, I never in my life would have thought in the first game. I think I think if you know if you told me like six or seven games in that okay I, he got I hurt, I'd be like I'd be like all right. He's pushing forty. I mean, I, I would have seen it coming, but the first game, the first series, I was just like, wow. It took the whole world by storm. It, I mean, nobody expected that at all. And you know what makes it even worse though? Really, I mean. Before we talk about the prediction of the Jets and the Cowboys this weekend, Josh Allen was so bad. He was so bad. I Josh Allen was overrated. I mean, I listen. I, I I talked about Josh Allen being in this conversation. He's out. But three picks and a fumble. I mean, the Jets didn't win that football game. Josh Allen gave them the game. I mean, he You're was right. he was horrible. He made Zach Wilson actually look. Pretty decent in this football game. Not saying that Zach Wilson can't get better because of, you know, learning from Aaron Rodgers. But, listen, Brees Hall, give the Jets. You know, came back from an ACL tear, 10 carries, 127 yards. Had a pretty good game. But Stephon Diggs had 10 receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown. They couldn't win this game. I mean, Josh Allen, he couldn't have been any worse. He took it. No. You know, he in the press conference, he's like, you know, same thing as last year. Well, what's, what's the diff? What is you can't throw the ball 60 yards downfield in double coverage and expect Gabe Davis and Diggs to be able to catch that. I mean, you just can't do it. He's just flinging the football up there for no reason. Like, two of his picks were horrible. I mean, they were horrible. I mean, Josh Allen threw 29 41 for 236 yards and three of them were picks and one touchdown. But the three picks were absolutely They're horrendous. It was bad. It really was. I mean, he he was horrible. Like there was, he gave he gave Jets the Jets fans hope to win that game. He gave the Jets team hope to win that game. So I'm done talking about Josh oh, Allen. Yeah. I'm done talking about Josh Allen. You know, if he loses to Jimmy Garoppolo this weekend, I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to say if they lose to the Raiders. The Raiders defense is horrible. So, he's out of that. He, oh my lord! I mean, yeah. I, I it's just irritating. It really is. It's irritating because he's so good. But he has 82 turnovers since 2018. 82 plus turnovers. That is the highest in the NFL. He is built like a middle linebacker. The guy has got size. He's got speed. And he will turn, he will tuck the ball, turn and run upfield at a linebacker, at a free safety, and not even slide. He will drop his shoulder and hit you. He's a, he's so talented and tough. I mean, but he's just making bad mistake after bad mistake. It's embarrassing for the fans. I mean, I mean, I called the Bills to win this game last week. I called them to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, and 
Josh Allen won the game for the Jets. So what he did. For me, that was kind of an emotional game, just off Aaron Rodgers, because I wanted to see it. I wanted to see a Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen. I really did. You know, on nine eleven, you know, big night. You that know, was a big night. That was yeah. a big night, and for that to happen, that was just awful. And you know, I made this comment the other day at work. I think the nine eleven game should be both New York teams. I think that would be sweet. That really would be cool. That would be the coolest. Jets and Giants. That'd be Jets cool. Jets and Giants at home in New York. That would be that'd be extremely awesome. awesome. Yeah, that that'd be a great game. Maybe they'll do that next year. We'll see, but. You know, we got some good games coming into Sunday, really. We really do. Oh, Ravens-Bengals. That'll be a rival game. Uh, I'm picking Bengals. So, Matt, let's do like we did last week. Let's go down the list, and we'll pick every single game and every team in every single game. Good. So, let's start. Raiders-Bills. I'm going to go the Bills. He has to beat Jimmy G. Listen, Jimmy G did not play great last weekend. Josh Jacobs was not good against the Denver Broncos. Devontae Adams got locked up by Patrick Sertan. Uh, I'm expecting Bills to win this game. If they don't win this game, I'm going to be really upset. I'm going to be really upset with Josh Allen. I'm not going to. If he plays like he did against the Jets, I'm going to be upset. Ravens, Bengals. Bengals. I agree. Joe Burrow, probably the, the worst performance of his career yeah, last was... week. But it was back back weather conditions. But I'm not going to just blame it on that. I'm going to – he just – they all – Jamar Chase was bad. T. Higgins was awful. T. Higgins had eight targets and no catches. Like, the whole team was awful last week. So, I expect a big-time week, their home opener. I expect all of them to be on, on par this week. Yeah. The divisional – AFC divisional matchup in the playoffs from last year, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jags. I'm expecting Travis Kelsey back this week. This will be in Jacksonville this time, not in Arrowhead. So, Matt, he got – I hate to say it, but I'm going with the Chiefs. Especially if Travis Kelsey comes back. You cannot go against Mahomes and Kelsey. I think I'm having a hard time after what happened to the Lions game last week with the Chiefs because if Travis Kelsey is what takes to win to lose, you know, if that's your biggest difference maker, they're going to double coverage Travis Kelsey every single play. They're oh going to make sure they have him locked up because they don't – they know that everybody else on the team is not very good. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback too. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is one of the – honestly, he's one of the most greatest – he's one of the greatest talents that's ever came out of college. I really believe that. And here's the difference between him and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got drafted to a situation – that only needed him and Jamar Chase, really. I yeah. mean, that's all they needed. Trevor Lawrence got drafted to a situation to the whole team was horrible. Yeah. They were they were horrible. And, you know, I'm proud of where the Jacksonville Jaguars have came. They, they've really built a team that is that's competitive. But if the Chiefs play like they did against the Lions, it'll be the Jaguars all night. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. I know that is, you know, I don't ever like to bet against Mahomes, especially twice because I know how great Mahomes is. And it wouldn't surprise me if Mahomes won this game because Travis Kelsey is there. But I'm looking for a big year out of Jacksonville, and I think they are hurt after what happened in the AFC Divisional last year. They had a real chance to win it. Plus, everybody needs to pay attention to Calvin Ridley. What a week he had coming back. You know, his first game in a year and a year and a half and really, really put on a performance for Jacksonville. So Calvin Ridley is going to be that primary target. Looking for another big week, and him and Travis Etienne are looking for big weeks out of those guys. So I'm going to go Jacksonville. All right, we got a 
Chargers-Titans matchup, and before we pick, Chargers' disappointing loss to the Miami Dolphins last week, and the Titans, Ryan Tannehill threw three picks against the Saints and only lost by one point, so who knows? I mean, but, all right, Matt. This is a toss-up. It really is, but I'm going with Chargers. Yeah, I got to go with Justin Herbert. I really do. Uh, Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. And uh, the, the team that they have around them is better than what is going on in Tennessee. I mean, Derrick Henry obviously got D-hop. And Traylon Burks is out right now. But, you know, you got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, Austin Eckler. I expect a win from the Chargers this week after a disappointing loss in L.A. last week. Packers-Falcons. These are the fun matchups coming up. I'm a good lamp. And I would have to agree with you. Uh, Bijan Robinson is a stud. And they used Tyler Algani last week. He was the power runner, but Bijan Robinson's got some moves, man. I mean, he's he's swift. He can catch he the does. ball. He's so good. Yeah. Like they they have Drake London, Kyle Pitts. I mean, they just have a good, talented team. You know, they're young. They're all so young, but they're they are talented and. Props to Jordan Love winning last week. And Aaron Jones is all the experience. They got a pretty good experience defense at Green Bay. But this is in Atlanta. So I would take the Atlanta Falcons this week. Whew, Seahawks and Lions, man. Disappointing loss for the Seahawks last week. I mean, that was awful. I mean, Gina only threw for 116 yards last game. And they had Jackson Smith and Jigba, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. And yeah. they played a depleted Rams team. I'm going Lions. I'd have to agree. I'm going Lions. They look good. I'm expecting a bigger week out of Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Gibbs actually had a very good rookie performance. You know, they didn't know how he was going to react in his first game, especially versus the defending champs. But I'm expecting a bigger role for Jameer Gibbs this week. Obviously, I'm on Ross St. Brown is going to be there. David Montgomery, Jared Goff got a good young defense. But I do expect a better offensive game from Seattle because – Pete Carroll is just a heck of a coach. I mean, he's a champion, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So that's going to be your – personally, that's going to be your – to me, the best 1 o'clock game. It's going to be the I best agree. 1 o'clock game. It's going to be the funnest 1 o'clock game to watch. Two rookie – the rookie showdown, we got Anthony Richardson versus C.J. Stroud, the Colts versus the Texans. Matt? I'd rather watch the PHS South game. I don't know, man. This is gonna, that's one of the ones that's a toss-up, too. But I'm probably going to go with C.J. Stroud and Texans. I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson and the Colts. And based on the fact of how they looked against Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, you know, the Colts were really one drive away. And two, they needed a completion on goal line to be able to beat Jacksonville. And I like Anthony Richardson. His first game out there had a, had a pretty good performance overall. He really took over the game for this team, and obviously I think Michael Pittman is a superstar wide receiver in in the making. Uh, Nico Hollins, don't know where they're going to go with him so much. Don't really see this as a real big defensive game either. No. But, I mean, we're going to see what the two rookies do against each other. Should be a, you know, if you're looking for your rookie showdown, this there's your it. rookie showdown. The this week. is it. Uh, Bears and Bucks. Bucks. Man, who would ever thought? Man, we sat up here last week and said that Kirk Cousins and and the Vikings were going to annihilate Tampa Bay. And how wrong were we? I mean, my, my lord. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Addison, 
you know, for the Vikings, had a good game. Justin Jefferson, 150 yards, had a great game. Kirk Cousins, 340. Offensively, the Vikings should have won the football game clearly, but yeah. I don't know what happened in that. That makes – the momentum was so in the Vikings' way. But for this game, I'm going to go uh, the Buccaneers. Dustin Fields was awful last week. I know his stats say a little bit otherwise, but if you actually watch the game – He was the, the leading rusher for the team last week. He's been the leading rusher for two for a since while. he got drafted. I mean, like yeah. – Really, they don't have much of a team. I kind of feel bad for the kid. I really do. The offensive coordinator didn't use DJ Moore in the way he should have. Uh, the passing game, they didn't use any of their talented receivers. I mean, they had Darnold Moody for a touchdown last week, but they did not use DJ Moore the way they needed to. And I know the Packers had uh, Zaire Alexander, which he's probably the third best corner in the NFL, but I still don't think that's an excuse to you know not use Cole Komet, Daryl Mooney, Chase Claypool, and these other guys in the rest of the game. Their receiving stats were awful last week. So I'm going to have to go Tampa Bay because I got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Baker Mayfield showed everybody that he can play football. So Yeah. Giants and Cardinals. The Giants have got to win this game. <laughs> the I Cardinals agree. are the worst team in the NFL. The Giants have to win this game. Which is sad because the Cardinals – they got a they have a pretty okay roster, but because of their quarterback situation and Kyler Murray having the ACL tear, the Giants really are heavily favored in this game. And they don't win this game, it's gonna be bad. I mean, yeah. they they gotta win this game. So that's not much talk about Giants there. 49ers, Rams. I think everybody probably knows where we're both going with this. So I don't think there's much for me and you really to talk about with this game. No. I, I know Matt Stafford had a great week last week and you know, young receivers and a you know, took down a Seattle team, which nobody expected them to do. Matt Stafford is clearly still that guy. But without Cooper Cup and this ultra-talented 49ers team, yeah, 49ers all the way. Broncos, Commanders. Uh, Broncos, Commanders. Uh, Broncos should have won last week. Yeah. I mean, they should have beaten the Raiders. They were better than the Raiders. They defensively made some mistakes that they shouldn't have made. Broncos take out Commanders this week for me. Yeah, I'm going Broncos. Uh, Sunday night game. Dolphins and Patriots, AFC East matchup. Uh, Patriots almost took down the Eagles last week, five points out. The Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, 215 yards, two touchdowns on 11 receptions. Tua had 466 yards passing last week. I mean, he was absolutely electric. The The game, the Chargers and Dolphins games are so much fun to watch now. They really are because it's not much of a defensive matchup more than it is an offensive matchup. Plus, the, I think the Miami Dolphins have a pretty good defense. So. I'm going Miami. I'm going Miami. I can't ignore Tua anymore. I mean, no. when, when Tua is at his best, and they he's got two of the fastest receivers in the league on his and team. And as long as he stays healthy, that team's going to be a contender. You cannot sleep on them. And I don't care what anybody says. Mike McDaniel is a Kyle Shanahan prodigy. I mean, he really is. He learned his game from Kyle Shanahan and his coaching ability, and, man, has it paid off for the Miami Dolphins. It really has. They are an ultra-talented team. So we'll go back to Jets-Cowboys. If this was with Aaron Rodgers, I, I would probably go Jets. No um, more Cowboys. But, I mean, you're, you're a Cowboys fan. What, what do you expect the scoreline of this game to be? I think it's going to be more of a defensive game. I agree, because both teams are good defensively. I mean, you, the Jets have got to get defense. You can all sleep on them. You can't, but I mean, I really think that the Cowboys will win, especially not having 
Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, I think it's going to be more of a defensive game than it's going to be an offensive game. My scoreline projection for this game, and obviously we just talked about the Cowboys and the Jets. You know, both games, they're week, week one, uh, 27 to 14 Cowboys. Because I think Zach Wilson, I think the run game is still going to be effective for the Jets. But, you know, I'm expecting the defensive game for the Cowboys to be absolutely incredible. And I know the we're going to see what Dak Prescott can do against a real defense. We really are. We're going to see what they can do. But give me Cowboys all the day. It's their first home. It's their home opener. You know, they yeah. know Aaron Rodgers is not playing. They know they're playing against Zach Wilson. And basically, they're going to obliterate. They're going to obliterate that offensive line because that offensive line in New York is awful. So yeah. they are going to absolutely obliterate. Micah Parsons is going to be all over Zach Wilson. And so is Long- uh, Demarcus Lawrence. He's going to be all over him, too. So expect a defensive showdown, but Cowboys win this game easily. It's Monday night game. We will talk about the Monday night games, you know, real quick. Saints and Panthers. Um, I'm going Saints defensively. Yeah. I like what I saw from Bryce Young. You know, they don't really have an ultra-talented team in Carolina. No. But, you know, for a first start, I thought he looked okay. I, I thought he looked okay. Derek Carr shouldn't have been that close with the Titans as it was. But expect a better season. And defensively, the Saints have a really good defense. I mean, yeah. They really have a good defense. And coming into our last game is the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, I know a lot of people that are going to go Browns. And I know because of how they played the Bengals last week. And I know I talked about how Deshaun Watson, I expect an improvement year out of this and everything. But they're wearing the white jerseys. It's in Pittsburgh. And truly, to be honest with you, as a Steelers fan, to get obliterated on your home opener like we did, I don't see how the Browns are going to win this game. I really don't. I expect a huge week from T.J. Watt. I expect a huge week from this defense. You know, the Steelers own the Browns. Have for a long time. So, I, I know the Browns got a, probably their best quarterback ever. In What's the your score prediction on this one? Um, I would probably go 24-17. Seventeen, I'm going really? 24, 21 in overtime. The Browns. You always pick against the Steelers, though. But no, last year I didn't. Uh, listen, I know Deshaun Watson is—he's—he's a, he's a great quarterback, and I'm not denying that. But I feel like it's a entirely different scenario when your team gets obliterated by the 49ers on your home opening turf. I mean, I understand that too. And I feel here's what here's what I truly feel. This offense is going to go after Cleveland. And because Cleveland's defense is probably the worst in the AFC North. It is, but they're going to have to get in tempo. Like, playing the 49ers, they were just – they were out of sync. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. But um, George Pickens is that dude. He him. He, I mean, he really is. He's good. Listen, he, he embarrassed Denzel Ward as a rookie. He, what do you think? That Denzel Ward's going to get better on him? Yeah. That ain't going to happen. No, uh, George Pickens have his way with, with him. Plus, I think our receiving core is better, and I expect a big week out of the Steelers because I'm a Steelers fan, though. You know, a lot of people are going to pick Browns, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. you got Nick Chubb, Elijah Moore, David Njoku, Amari Cooper. I mean, 
had a good team. Miles Garrett, you know, he was in his swag last week, yeah. having his way. So, but you know, they they talk about Miles Garrett going to be a Hall of Famer and this and that. I mean, I hate the the credit that Miles Garrett gets that T.J. Watt doesn't, because T.J. Watt is a defensive player of the year winner. I don't Miles Garrett's not. I mean, Miles Garrett, he's a great defensive end, but he's no T.J. Watt. You know, he's he's not the Watt brothers. So, he's a great player. But I think he gets a little bit too much credit for a guy who's never won anything. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, people would say, well, you said you know, Micah Parsons. I mean, Micah Parsons is, like, in his second and third year. So, I can't hate Micah Parsons for what he does. Plus, Micah Parsons doesn't play end. He plays linebacker. So, to be as good as he is is absolutely insane. But I'm looking for, you know, a defensive – for this game, a defensive matchup between both teams. But a Kenny Pickett better week. I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm going Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. But I don't blame you for going to Browns. I really don't. Because, you know, you're expecting a big week out of Deshaun Watson. I am, yeah. But, um, well, guys, it's been good talking to you this week. It really has been. Matt and I enjoy coming on here and talking about this. We're going to talk about all the games next week, and there'll be some better college football matchups. So Yeah. You all are going to hear our reaction about the Pitt-West Virginia game. I really hope it doesn't go the other way, because if it does, it's going to be a bad podcast. To, all I'm going to you know, say It's going to be an emotional podcast. It really is. If <laughs> Neil Brown is losing at halftime, he better call his wife and tell her to call the realtor, because they, they've got to sell the house. I mean, so, you know, it, it'll, be, it'll be either fun to talk about or it's going to be an emotional wreck, so... We're going to see how that goes out. Enjoy NFL Sunday, obviously. Love NFL Sunday, but going to be a lot of good matchups, a lot of crazy games, and hope you all have a good weekend. Hope you all enjoy the games. You know, We will be back here next Saturday at 11 a.m. We'll see you guys later. Take on the world.